Hey, what's going on, Swag fans? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Swag podcast. And thank you for checking out the State of the Swag podcast. I really do appreciate it. On this edition, we're going to be talking about NFL greats becoming coaches at HBCUs. And we're also going to be talking about the Jackson State University football fall schedule. But once again, thank you for checking out this video. And the reason I wanted to talk a little bit about NFL greats coming to HBCUs is because it's been a topic of conversation. Uh, people have been asking this question, you know, about why all of a sudden, you know, you see all these different names popping up, uh, becoming head coaches at HBCUs. Uh, of course, uh, we know Deion Sanders becoming the head coach at Jackson State. And most recently, Eddie George, uh, he has become the head coach at Tennessee State University. And both of these guys got these jobs with no head coaching experience. I mean, both guys have done a little bit here and there, you know, became a mentor to a football player here and there. And also with Deion Sanders, he's uh, worked on the coaching staff at his son's uh, high school. Um, but why is it that all of a sudden, you know, these guys are starting to come to HBCU? So, I mean, this, is it a good idea? Uh, first and foremost, uh, I really don't have an issue with this at all. Um, I don't have an issue with these guys coming along and being a part of HBCUs, okay? Um, I think that it's good for both parties. Uh, I think that HBCUs give these guys opportunities. Uh, you you want to get up here? All right, got my son here. Got to wipe him out, man. If you got to wipe him. <laughs> he just finished drinking uh, some milk. But anyway, uh, first off, I think it's a really good idea uh, for both parties, right? You have HBCUs, uh, you know, and you have these great players. And with these great players, it's going to bring attention uh, to that HBCU. Uh, we know about the attention that Deion Sanders has brought to Jackson State University and as well as HBCUs as a whole. Um, HBCUs used to be what it was, you know, when it came to football, man. You think about some of the legendary players that came out of HBCUs, uh, people like Jerry Rice, uh, people like Walter Payton, uh, people, you know, like, like uh, Michael Strahan, you know, most recently Robert Mathis, people like that, you know, great players, right? But I guess like all of a sudden, you know, you know, around, I guess like the, the late 80s is when you start to see a little bit of a drop off where they used to have a bunch of guys coming out of HBCU going to the pros. And I guess it came when uh, some of these colleges that wouldn't recruit African-Americans start looking at these guys because they felt these guys would be beneficial to their university. And because of that, uh, you know, HBCU suffered. Uh, but I think that is, it'll be a good look for HBCUs as well as some of these guys who want that coaching experience. Now, I do have an issue with guys that are becoming head coaches at HBCUs or want to become coaches for nefarious reasons, meaning that they're, they're trying to use HBCUs as career builders. Uh, you know how I go, right? You graduate from uh, college and all of a sudden you get an entry level job. You'll probably stay at that job for a couple of years in order for you to gain experience, in order for you to go get the bag at another corporation. You know what I'm saying? That, that, I don't want to see that happening. You know, I don't want to see anything like that going down uh, at HBCUs. As long as they want to turn these programs around, as long as they want to leave these programs better, uh, then they left them. Uh, I have absolutely no issue with that at all. 
You know, I think that uh, your primary focus, if you get that job, is to make sure that you you put these guys in the best position to succeed. You recruit, uh, you, you put your best foot forward, and you give 110%. And as long as you're doing that, I'm fine with it. But if you're trying to use this to try to go to a power conference and you're just trying to use this to try to gain some credibility, then, you know, I do have an issue with that. Now, I do understand, just like at any other school around the country, uh, when you start to win and your your program starts to generate success, uh, people want to kind of, you know, figure out how can their school get that success. And with that, they might give you a phone call, uh, giving you a little bit more money and asking for your services. We've seen this most recently uh, with Coach uh, Dawson Odoms, uh, who was at Southern University, right? He leaves Southern, he goes to Norfolk State University. So I understand that, but that should not be your primary focus. You shouldn't be looking into the future in the now, all right? And as long as they're not doing that, I have no problem with it. Uh, I think that both guys are going to do an outstanding job. Uh, I heard people like Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, uh, they want to get a shot at becoming head coaches. And I don't know if they're going to end up at HBCUs or not. But if they do, I think it definitely would be a good look. I think it would make HBCUs more competitive. It will put more eyes on the product because, uh, you know, due to the fact that these guys were all-time greats, people want to see um, them succeed uh, outside of football, seeing if they can succeed, you know, you know, with life outside of the game that they actually played. Now, we all know that just because you're a great player does not mean that you'll end up being a great coach, right, or – you know, saying a great general manager or whatever, right? Uh, we see Michael Jordan, uh, you know, all years struggling with Charlotte. Uh, we see Magic Johnson with a brief stint when he was coaching the, the Lakers. That wasn't a good look, right? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes when you're an all-time great player, it's hard for you to, to see certain things, and it's hard for you to answer the question, and why can't that person go the extra mile? Because you spent your entire career doing that, right? But like I said, as long as they're doing the right things, I have absolutely – no problem with it. But now we're going to move on to uh, my alma mater, Jackson State University. Um, Jackson State University, uh, they had an up and down season, man. They started off red hot, winning three straight, and then all of a sudden they lost three straight. Uh, didn't look good, you know what I'm saying? Towards um, down the stretch, uh, there was a quarterback change. Uh, there was, uh, I mean, just issues defensively, offensively, I mean, just all across the board, okay? But, um, Things are going to look up at Jackson State. A lot of people are anticipating the fall. Uh, <laughs> I know that t uh, people that are fans and, and people that are alumni of other schools kind of roll their eyes when Jackson State mentions the fall. They're like, man, we playing right now. Where y'all at? Why y'all keep saying the fall? What's going to happen in the fall? You don't know what's going to happen in the fall. Uh, we don't know. Uh, the only thing as a, a Jackson State alum uh, that I have is optimism. Um, it's almost similar to me as a Saints fan. Uh me being a host of the State of the Saints podcast and a lifelong Saints fan growing up in New Orleans, all I got is optimism, right? I mean, Drew Brees is gone. Jameis Winston is up in that thing. All I can do is just hope that they can make it to the playoffs, right? The uh, only thing that we can do as, as Jacksonians, uh, Jackson State Tigers, uh, is to be optimistic. And um, they did release their schedule uh, for the 2021 fall uh, football season. And it goes a little something like this, man. You, you got September the 5th. Uh, they're starting off at Florida A&M, who is new to the Southwestern Athletic Conference. That ought to be an interesting game. Then you have uh, the battle of the NFL greats, right? Uh, you got Eddie George, uh, Tennessee State Tigers, uh, taking on 
the Jackson State Tigers. So that, that ought to be very interesting. Then you have uh, Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Shouts out to them, man. I, you look, got, got, got a lot of respect for Louisiana Monroe. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to them. Uh, then you have Delta State. All right. So those games right here, that's where Jackson State is going to start off. Uh, the first couple games that I'm looking at right now, Florida and them, um, that ought to be interesting. The game is going to take place in Miami. Uh, I know I got a couple of friends of mine excited to actually go to that game. Uh, it should be very, very interesting, man. Uh, Deion going back to Florida, uh, you know what I'm saying? You know he's going to want to put on a show uh, for, you know what I'm saying, it, it, his home state. And I just think that it, it's going to be a, a tone setter. This has got to be the game where they go out there and, and they set the tone. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think that it's, it should, that one should be interesting. And also, like I said, the game between Eddie George as the head coach and Deion Sanders as the head coach, that game right there is going to get a lot of national attention to me. Uh, Louisiana Monroe uh, is, is basically just a game. A lot of people may consider that as a money game. You know, some of these schools, uh, they, they ask these HBCUs to come through, uh, you know what I'm saying, in order to beat up on them, you know what I'm saying, to try to uh, build uh, – credibility and build confidence for their school, which uh, I think that that game might be relatively close. I don't think that's going to be a blowout. And finally, Delta State, uh, man, we pretty much always play them. Uh, game always seems to be a little bit of a blowout. Move on to Alabama A&M. Uh, Alabama A&M got a lot of great players coming back. A, a very young secondary guys are transitioning to their sophomore and junior seasons. So that should be a good game. Alabama State, the last time we've seen them play against Jackson State. I mean, they basically ran them off the field, man, ran all up and threw them. Uh, Thune Cookman, who is also new to the SWAC, that should be an interesting game. Uh, Valley. Uh, <laughs> uh, Valley is Valley. And then you got Texas Southern, right? Texas Southern, who also uh, struggled this past season, man. They're still trying to find and figure things out there. So, and then finally, uh, you got the two games, uh, Southern, who – but does not have a head coach as of right now. We'll figure out who that's going to be in the coming weeks. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Alcorn makes their return back to the SWAC after they decided to uh, forfeit all the games this past season to sit out due to COVID-19. And that is the schedule of Jackson State, man. I'm, I'm just going to say this. Um, am I confident enough to just beat on my chest and say, Jackson State going to the SWAC championship? Look, I would never go out here and just say that. I want Jackson State to go to the SWAG championship. Don't get me wrong. They haven't been a one, I should say, since 2008. I think I was a senior when I when the last time they won the SWAG championship. But I will say this. Uh, if they play their game and they have everything that Coach uh, Prime is saying that they have, I think they'll be there in the end. But we know um, because Jackson State is getting a lot of attention from the national media, because Jackson State – uh, has one, uh, you know, what I'm saying one of the best uh, recruiting classes in the FCS. We know that you have all these schools that are chomping at the bit that are in the swag to play Jackson State University. This is going to be their Super Bowl because everybody wants Jackson State to fail. Every swag school wants Jackson State to fail. They do not want to see Jackson State um, become a powerhouse. They don't want to see Jackson State become a winning university. They don't. So every game that they play, they are going to get that team's best. I don't care if it's Valley, right? I don't care if it's Texas Southern. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Any, any school like that that's been struggling, they are going to get 
the best of those schools. I'm talking Jackson State University. So they better be ready. And hopefully, you know, they can fix some of the issues that they had in the spring. Like I said, uh, defensively, they struggle. Uh, they cannot get pressure on the quarterback to save their mama life, okay? If their mama life was on the line and they say, get to this quarterback, they could not do it. They could not do it offensively. I mean, anytime a team sends the blitz, dial it up, come right through the middle. I mean, it's basically like they're just going through Swiss cheese here, holes all through the offensive line, right? Guys couldn't stop traffic with a stop sign. So they're going to have to improve on that, okay? The secondary, I think, together, collectively, uh, the chemistry is going to uh, develop. Uh, those guys are some dogs out there. That's little to no surprise there. Uh, but they're going to have to fix some things. And everybody's uh, anticipating the play of Shadir Sanders, the quarterback uh, of you know, Jackson State University, the highest rated quarterback that Jackson State ever had, a four-star quarterback coming in. Uh, you know, everybody's anticipating to see if he is all that and a hot wheel track. Uh, hopefully he can get these guys in line. Hopefully he can make plays from the pocket. I can't see Coach Prime putting his son in a position where he's going to be taking a lot of sacks. I think that's going to be a priority to him because I think Coach Prime, I won't, I won't even say thank. I know that Coach Prime wants to do everything in his power to get his son to go to uh, the NFL. And you're not going to the NFL, and people won't know how good you are if you have a struggling offensive line. So I think the offensive line is going to be a top priority in the recruiting process. You can get rather you get some transfers or you try to uh, get some guys there, get them coached up. Or even if the offensive line coach ain't working out, you replace him with somebody that's a little bit more credible. He is going to do everything that's piled to make sure that his son succeeds. You know what I'm saying? You also have his other son, you know what I'm saying, Shiloh, who is going to be in the secondary uh, coming this fall. So, so many great things going uh, from Jackson State University. Like, like I said, I'm not going to just sit up here and be like, oh, man, we about to win it all. Seeing is believing. I, I don't do that for absolutely anything. I'm optimistic uh, that they can actually turn it around. I think that they're going to be better than they were in the spring. And I think that they're going to be well coached up. Uh, but only time will tell. But I would love to hear from you. What do you think about NFL greats becoming coaches at, at HBCUs? And what do you think about the up and coming Jackson State University schedule? Comment down below, like, and share this video. This has been the State of the Swag Podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Swag Podcast. The State of the Swag, excuse me, is also available on Facebook, facebook.com. Search the State of the Swag. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. Till next time, all I got to say is, it's rough in the swag.